Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast, where we strive to bring you useful and timely information to inspire and encourage you on your journey with histiocytosis. This is episode 005, Managing Stress in Difficult Times. our histio friends, and welcome to this episode of the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Wisniewski. I wanted to start by saying that today's podcast episode is going to be just a little bit different than the ones that we've done previously, and that we're going to basically take a topic, in this case, stress and stress management, and we're going to dissect it a little. We're going to talk about the effects that stress has on the body and the things that you can do to mitigate stress and um, work on lessening the load of chronic stress in our lives. Ultimately, we're going to tie all that back to how it can help you as a histio patient or family member or a caregiver. Now, as a little bit of a background, I've been a member of the Histiocytosis Association team for over 12 years now, and over those years, I've held various roles, but personally speaking, I've always been very interested in health and wellness for a very long time, and I've, I've faced many of my own health challenges as well, which kind of fueled my desire to learn more about the human body and how it works and how we can support our bodies and, and help them to um, perform optimally. Now, back in 2018, I decided I wanted to take that knowledge a little bit further, and I enrolled in a health coaching program at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I graduated that program in 2019 as a certified health coach. And since then, I've started my business, True and Lasting Wellness, and I've been sharing my knowledge on social media and various other avenues while also working with clients in order to help them take control of the controllables when it comes to their health and wellness. So it's this knowledge that I'm hoping to be able to bring to this platform, the podcast, from time to time and try to help the the histio community in a unique and a different kind of a way. Now, it's important for me to pause here to clearly state that I am not a doctor. I don't have credentials to speak to any specific disease or ailment. Rather, what I do as a health coach is I support people by teaching them basic health and wellness principles. So what does that mean exactly? Well, I believe that our health and wellness is a culmination of many different pillars that we weave together in unique ways for all of us that can either kind of contribute to or take away from our overall health and wellness. Now, some of these pillars include nutrition, of course, but also things like relationships and career, physical activity, spirituality, home home environment, joy, et cetera, et cetera. So I teach my clients that by looking closely at and tweaking these areas where necessary, we can actually greatly improve our quality of life. And these are the kinds of things that I'm hoping to share with you on the podcast from time to time. All right, so let's dive into today's topic, which is stress and how to manage it. Now, if we look at a definition, stress is defined as a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. Now, every single one of us deals with various stressors on a daily basis. There's no way to completely eliminate stress. It is a normal response that our bodies have to any kind of change, whether that change is physical, emotional, mental. It's just a natural thing that occurs in our bodies. And also, it's important to note that everyone experiences stress differently. What stresses me out may not stress you out, and how I respond to that stress may be completely different to to, uh, how you respond to stress in a different situation. 
And we can experience stress in our bodies, whether we have a positive or negative feeling um, about the thing that's causing us stress. So take, for example, getting ready to get on stage to give a speech in front of a thousand people. That is stressful for sure, but you might really enjoy public speaking. And so in this case, that stress is associated with something positive for you. Now, on the other hand, there are circumstances such as receiving devastating diagnoses in which the stress is associated with something very negative in nature. And it's been shown that this negative sort of stress actually creates more wear and tear on the body, which I think is, is, um, kind of, is understandable, obviously, right? So what we think about and how we respond gives context to that stress that we're experiencing and informs our bodies how it is to react to it. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about how the body responds to stress. Now, within the body, there are two different branches of the autonomic nervous system. There's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems, and these cannot be activated at the same time. So the parasympathetic nervous system is known as rest and digest. Um, It works to basically decrease your heart rate and to stimulate digestion. This uh, this system is the one that's active when your body's in a state of rest or relaxation or when you're digesting. Now, the sympathetic nervous system, on the other hand, is responsible for the fight or flight mode. It um, actually inhibits digestion and works to divert all of your body's energetic resources to your limbs and your muscles, literally so you can either fight or run. Now, when this system is activated, it produces large quantities of various hormones like epinephrine, adrenaline, and cortisol. Cortisol. It um, increases your heart rate and it shuttles blood away from the digestive and the immune systems in order to prepare your body for what is perceived as imminent danger. Now, unfortunately, especially in today's modern and constantly stressful world, the body's unable to tell the difference between imminent danger and constant exposure to everyday or situational stressors. Biologically speaking, this is a good thing because we want our bodies to be able to respond appropriately to imminent danger. If we were indeed threatened by someone or something chasing us, we want our bodies to kick into gear and give us the energy and the speed that we need to get away. But more often than not, it's really our perceptions of stress that are detrimental to our health. Now, when we experience ongoing stress, stress without relief that can be caused by sudden situations or circumstances or chronic events, our body shifts into this fight or flight mode. And when the stress is chronic, that fight or flight mode never shuts off. So you can imagine what that does to the body with all of these hormones, adrenaline and epinephrine rushing through the body all the time. These create effects that can be long lasting. And what's worse is that when our stress is chronic, we can actually become somewhat used to it. So the physical responses that we once recognized, they may become less and less noticeable to us, even though the internal impacts are still happening and it can have major impact on our overall health and well-being. So if we look at the effects that chronic stress can have in the body, they are many. So um, let's look at different systems or different organs and see what stress does. In the brain, stress can cause difficulty concentrating, anxiety, depression, irritability, and what's known as brain fog or not being able to think clearly. Now in the skin, it can show up as hair loss or dull or brittle hair, brittle nails, dry skin, acne, delayed tissue repair. If we move to the cardiovascular system, it can look like higher cholesterol, high blood pressure, increased risk of heart attack and stroke. 
Now in the joints and muscles, it can look like increased inflammation, tension, aches and pains, muscle tightness. In the gut, it can have a negative impact on nutrient absorption and cause diarrhea, constipation, indigestion, bloating, pain, and discomfort. And then finally, in the immune system, it can cause decreased immune function, lowered immune defenses, increased risk of becoming ill, and increased recovery time. So with all of these different things, it's easy to see how the effect of stress is far-reaching throughout the body and can be particularly problematic to anyone who's already struggling with something such as a rare disease. Now, I don't share all of this with you to scare you or to paint a picture of despair or hopelessness, but rather what I want to do is be able to empower you with knowledge and share with you some of the methods of stress management that could help you as a patient or a caregiver to control what you can in order to mitigate um, or lessen the effects of stress. The goal here is really progress, not perfection. And even the, the, little, the littlest things that we do can have a great and positive impact on our lives and on our bodies. So that's kind of the message I want to bring to you today is that the, the seemingly little things, the simple things can have a great impact. So we need to um, kind of implement those things in our lives so that we can try and lessen the, um, the burden of the stress that we experience. And we don't always have the power to change our circumstances or to avoid or remove certain stressors from our lives. I wish we did. That would make life a lot easier, <laughs> but we don't. So we can implement various tools and tactics in order to help our bodies, to support our bodies, um, and help them to adjust to the circumstances in ways that are not as harmful as being in constant fight or flight mode. And ultimately, we can help it return to that rest and digest mode where it can function optimally and be in a position to distribute its resources elsewhere, such as healing the body um, from different um, diseases or um, different things that we experience. We want our body's resources to go to those places, not in a place that um, makes us ready to run and, and not have those um, energetic resources available to other important tasks. Now, much of this work actually starts in our minds and how we view the stress in our lives. Now, as I mentioned earlier, stress can be associated with something positive, and that is known as eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S, eustress, or negative, known as distress, depending on the meaning that we give it and the meaning that we assign to it in our minds. Now, it's obviously very difficult to find positivity in something like a disease diagnosis, but if we choose to take control of the thoughts that we have about it, we can actually support our physiological resilience to that stress. It's crazy. The body is a um, is a, a an incredible machine, and it wants to be able to help itself. So anytime we can support it in that is is a really good thing. Now. I understand and want to point out that I am not coming from a place that is personally affected by histio. So I don't claim to know exactly what it is that histio patients and families are experiencing. However, I will say that I did overcome my own rare disease many years ago from which I nearly died. Um, so I can relate on a certain level to the stress that those dealing with physical diseases are going through. Um, and I was an adult at the time, so I was having to make those decisions for myself as well. So I understand exactly how difficult it is to find even the tiniest bit of positivity within something that is so devastating and so life-changing. I understand that when you're in the midst of it, there's almost nothing you can do to not think about it because it's ever-present in one way or another, either the pain or the distress or the doctors, the appointments, the pokes, the prods. I've been there. I've experienced it too. But what if? 
What if we could try to find the good within the difficult circumstances? Or if we sought out that speck of light in the sea of darkness, wouldn't that be a good thing? At the very least, it certainly can't hurt. And at the very best, it could be extremely beneficial to us and our bodies that are working so desperately to try to protect us. We actually have the ability to lend our bodies some support to get through extremely stressful times with just a little bit more ease. And that's really what I, um, the message again that I want to bring to you today is different ways that we can do that. So really all I want to do here is suggest that maybe we can reframe the way we think about things just a little bit, just enough to ease that burden of stress on our bodies. I'm not, um, trying to minimize the devastation that comes with a rare disease diagnosis. Um, And I'm also not suggesting that dealing with it is not difficult and stressful because it certainly is. My goal is um, rather to suggest ways that you can support your body as it processes and deals with these extremely different difficult things. So these are tools that you can put in your toolbox to mitigate any stressful situation you deal with either now or in the future. So the first and most important tool in my mind is reframing. Our thoughts are definitely controllable. And if we can reframe them, if we can reframe our thoughts about different situations and different things that are happening to us, that'll take us a very long way toward minimizing the stress or the fight or flight mode that our body experiences. So I want you to stick with me now because I know that um, diagnoses of rare diseases is are, you know, is a difficult thing to deal with. And it's, um, it's almost impossible to think about how you can reframe that, but stick with me. Maybe we can, we can do this together. So what we want to do is look for the positivity in the situation. Even if it's a far stretch, look for something that is positive that can come out of the circumstance. Look for an opportunity to reframe your situation through a new or, um, Uh, a wider perspective that has some element of positivity in it. Um, Let's see, did you, did you get to meet someone through this situation that you may not have met otherwise? Is um, within the process of figuring out the diagnosis, did the doctors find something else that needs to be addressed that was completely not on anyone's radar previously? Have you connected with a whole new histio community of people who are using their experiences to help others and create good in the world? These are some examples of good that can come from stressful situations, such as a histio diagnosis. And there are many more. I'm sure that you've even thought of one or two that I didn't mention. But this is the first step in controlling your stress and not allowing it to control you. So assign that stress a story, a new story. Um, Something like, because of this, I'm now part of this beautiful, amazing community of people, for example. Or there's just so much that I've learned through this and I've become so much closer to my family through this. Whatever that story is, choose that story. Tell yourself this story every time those negative thoughts creep into your consciousness. Reframing your thoughts about it and continuing to um, work on changing your internal story will help you to generate a new type of emotional response. And believe it or not, this will cause your body to have a different physical response in a more positive way, keeping it from that fight or flight, keeping it from producing all those stress hormones we talked about and allowing you to more easily process your emotions surrounding it. It's amazing what the body is capable of doing. And with that, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you some practical things you can incorporate into your life to help you manage your stress in the most trying times. We'll be right back.
Hi, my name is Becca Florzik, and I'm a registered yoga teacher. I was an athlete my entire life, but got into yoga as a way to manage my stress and anxiety. I had no idea that over time, I developed such a strong sense of peace and connection within my own mind and spirit. Today, as a teacher of the practice, it is my goal to help my students achieve the same. My new yoga videos will be launched on the Histio website this fall. In the meantime, you can flow with me by visiting my website, BeccaFlowYoga.com, or following me on Instagram at BeccaFlowYoga. I look forward to seeing you on the mat soon. Two of this episode. In the second half, I'm going to focus on giving you practical and useful tools for combating stress that you can keep in your toolbox and use whenever you need them. Let's get started. So now that we've laid a little bit of a foundation as to what stress looks like and how it impacts the body in physiological, mental, and emotional ways, now let's look at how we can start to reframe our stories around the various circumstances that show up in our lives and, and take some um, practical things we can do to try to mitigate our stress and bring us a little bit closer back into a state of balance. Now, again, I'd like to preface this part by saying that many of these things that I'm going to talk about sound very simplistic or they're, they're things that maybe we hear all the time, so much so that we kind of um, like gloss over them and don't pay attention to them or they may even kind of start to lose their meaning for us. But as I mentioned earlier, it's the small changes made consistently over time that make the biggest impact in our lives. And especially when it comes to stress, any ground that we can take back to move closer to a state of balance balance is a huge win. So um, don't don't minimize that. These things may sound simple, but often they're they're not they're not easy. But with practice we can make them part of our lives and make them a tool that's in our toolbox that will help us to deal with stress. So my encouragement to you would be to listen to each of these and really consider if and how you might incorporate it into your life. Is it something that interests you that you might like to try? Is it something that you can't see fitting into your life or lifestyle or that's just not interesting to you? So with these things, take what you need and leave the rest. Um, but I think that the key to success with these simple tactics is not thinking of them in a way that they are like a box to tick. They're not just tasks on your list to complete. You've got to really um, engage with these solutions, mind and body, and set the intention that they're for the purpose of reducing your stress. So really think about how can I allow this thing to work its magic? How can I allow this thing to reduce my stress? So, okay, let's jump into this list I've created for you. First off, you want to really listen to your body and hone in on how it handles and manifests stress. If we aren't aware of the fact that we are stressed, then we can't fix it or lessen it. Um, so you want to pay attention to that and figure out what that looks like for you or for your loved one. Then you want to learn what helps you feel less stressed and then intentionally schedule those things into your day during, especially during particularly stressful times. Make, um, make appointments with yourself that you consider just as important as any other meeting or appointment that's on your schedule. Whether you're a caregiver to a histio patient or you are the actual patient yourself, you will benefit from scheduling your time appropriately in order to lessen the burden of stress. 
And one thing I'd like to add here is that stress isn't linear. And what I mean by that is that it's not predictable. It doesn't flow on a straight line. You may feel perfectly fine one minute and then bam, you get hit with some overwhelming sense of stress. This is normal. So I don't want you to think that it's not normal or that there's something wrong with you. There's not. There's not. It's just stress is like that. It's just, it, um, kind of has a mind of its own and does its own thing. And, um, we just have to learn how to deal with it. So you want to be prepared to change your schedule almost instantaneously. If you need to, it's okay to turn down get togethers or meetings or other types of social responsibilities, etc. in order to take care of you. It is not selfish. It's necessary. So next, this one might sound a little strange, but trust me, it goes a long way. Make sure your home and your living environments are clutter-free. When there is physical clutter in our lives, that actually spills over into our minds and our bodies and makes them feel just as chaotic as our environment. So declutter that space. Then you want to find activities that calm you, such as meditation or yoga, movement, exercise, reading, writing, whatever it is that makes you feel a sense of calm and joy rush over you, do these things. And just like um, I was mentioning a little bit ago, schedule them in so that they're a priority. Okay, you want to not fall into this all or nothing trap. Remember, it is the small sustainable changes that we're going for. So any little thing you can do to support your body is going to be impactful. It doesn't have to be that you do all of these things or it's not worth doing anything. That's not the case at all. Take tiny steps and as you get further and further down the line, you'll see how these things are so impactful and how you can add to them and kind of stack these habits, these new habits in your life. Next, you want to ask for help. Sometimes this can be the toughest one of them all, um, but it's also sometimes the best thing we can do for ourselves. We can admit that we can't do it all alone and that we need others to help us. Most of the time, we'll find that there are people that are around us, all around us, that want to jump in. They want to help us. They want to do what they can. They just don't know how. And sometimes they might feel funny just kind of continually asking, you know, is there anything I can do? Is there anything I can do? Be okay with asking those that love you for help. And then also try and be specific with what they can do for you. And this one, again, can be tough for people, but give it a try. I think you'll be glad that you did and quite surprised with how much of an impact this can make on reducing your stress load. Another tip that you can use is focusing on gratitude. Find those things that you are thankful for and write them down in a journal or simply think on them. It's almost impossible to be experiencing stress and gratitude at the same time. When, you're, when your mind is focused on those things for which you're overwhelmingly grateful, it's, um, it's almost impossible to feel stressed and it will actually reduce um, the stress levels in your body. And here's another one. That's going to sound really strange, but trust me, stick with me here. It can be very helpful. Schedule in your worry time. There's, there's no way around it. If you or a loved one are dealing with something as serious as a rare disease, you're going to worry. <laughs> That's human nature and there's nothing wrong with it. We just don't want to stay in that space for extended periods of time because that's when the body gets worn down and negative things can happen. So 
why not do what we do with the positive things? Let's schedule time in our calendar that will get that worrying kind of out of the way. And then we can commit to living our lives to the fullest. Then you can focus on all the positive things. And going back to my last point, all the things that you're grateful for. This will somewhat satisfy the brain that wants to protect you by running through all of the scenarios, but it will also potentially um, kind of get it done and over with so the brain can clear it and effectively move on to other things. Now, my recommendation for this would be not to stay in a worry state for too long. Give yourself 5, 10, 15 minutes tops. But there is a staggering statistic that says that 85% of the things we worry about never happen. So don't do that to yourself. Don't waste your time on, on worrying about things that may never happen. Let your brain have kind of its little worry sesh, but make it short and then move on and live your life to the fullest. Those that are around you and your loved ones, your relationships are the most important thing. And you want those times, those, that, that precious time that you have to be um, joyful. Um, you know, I, I did this when I was dealing with my own disease, I would allow myself the time to kind of go there and think, okay, this could happen, that could happen. Oh, boy, these things are terrible. But where am I right now? What is happening right now? Right now is all that matters. And right now I choose to be grateful. I choose to live in the moment and enjoy my life right now. So try and bring yourself back to the present moment. Um, again, trust me, I totally get it. This is way easier said than done, but give it a go and see if over time this practice makes a difference for you and difference for you and for your stress levels. Next exercise exercise produces endorphins, which are considered our feel good hormones. Get moving to whatever extent you're able and feel your, you feel your stress start to melt away little by little. And getting exercise also improves your sleep habits, which then also helps to mitigate stress. So everything is connected and one thing helps the next. So one thing that's interesting to think about is like the animal kingdom. So think about a rabbit. When a rabbit is being chased, for example, its fight or flight mode response kicks in as it should. And the rabbit runs from whatever's chasing it. But when it makes it to safety and the threat is over, what does it do? It shakes. It shakes because that's its way of basically resetting its body and clearing out the adrenaline and the other stress hormones and literally shaking off the stress. And then immediately after it shakes, it goes back to whatever it was doing, chewing on the grass or playing with other rabbit friends. And this is why movement, dance, etc. It's so beneficial for us. And not only releases those feel-good hormones, but clears out the stressful ones and gets us back to a, a state of balance. Another thing that you could do is journal. Write down your experiences with Histio. This will get them out of your head, but also give you something to look back on later down the road to see how far you've come or to be able to comfort another family member or another family going through the same thing. Again, turning the negative into something positive. Find things to laugh at. Um, Laughter is such great medicine. We've heard that that phrase so many times, but um, you want to find things to laugh at. A good comedy movie or hanging out with friends and family, whatever tickles your funny bone, do more of it. Long-term, laughter can actually improve your, your immune system, your immune function, and your mood. So wonderful things to have happen when you're fighting a disease. So get out there and laugh. Another thing is you can try deep breathing exercises. Now, this is one of the easiest 
anytime, anywhere things you can do. When we breathe in certain intentional ways, it's actually like medicine for us. One technique that um, people tend to use is the four, seven, eight approach where you breathe in for four seconds, hold it for seven seconds, and then breathe out for eight seconds. Breathing deeply actually sends a message to your brain to calm down and relax. So pretty cool, right? And then the last one I have for you is something called progressive muscle relaxation. So in this exercise, you scan your body either head to toe or toe to head and tighten different muscle groups of the body. For example, tighten all the muscles in your legs and hold it for a few seconds as tight as you can. And then mindfully relax all of those muscles and then move on to the next muscle group. Now, by doing this, your body will send a message to your brain that it's trying to relax. It's actually, you're physically relaxing those muscles and letting the tension melt away and your brain will respond accordingly. Okay. Like I mentioned, some of these tools may seem simple, but they have been proven over time to be effective when managing and mitigating stress. So some of them may take time and practice to work for you, but definitely give them a try. Like I said earlier, take what you need and leave the rest. If something doesn't fit for you, no reason to do it, but, um, but be open-minded and and give some of these a try and see what works, but also don't get discouraged. If something doesn't work for you the first or second time, keep at it. Some of these things, that's why they call it practice. It, It takes practice. It takes time for some, for us to get good at some things and to have them be as effective as they can be. All right. I do hope that you have found this information on stress to be helpful and that maybe you even learned something here today. Ultimately, we want to fight stress as much as we can so that our bodies don't live in this chronic state of fight or flight because that will catch up with us down the road. So whatever we can do now to curtail that or resist it, the better off we'll be both for ourselves and for our loved ones. So remember, whether you are the patient or the caregiver, taking care of you is never selfish. We need to take care of ourselves so that we have the energy and the vitality to take care of those that we love so much. So let me ask you, what are your go-to ways to battle stress? What tips or techniques do you have for the Histio community when it comes to taking care of themselves and living life to the fullest? We would love to hear your comments. So there you have it. I hope this episode encourages you to see that taking care of yourself, whether you are a histio patient, family member, or caregiver, is so very important, and starting with battling your stress in this most trying and difficult time is the best thing you can do for yourself and for those you love. While stress is inevitable and inescapable, life is too precious to give away the power we do have. We need to control the controllables to support ourselves and our loved ones on this journey. It is my hope that these stress mitigation tools will help you do just that. If you liked this episode, please consider leaving a review, sharing with a friend, leaving us a comment, or taking a screenshot of the episode and tagging us on Instagram at histiocytosis underscore association. We've so enjoyed bringing you this episode of the podcast today and look forward to sharing our next episode coming soon. Until then, take good care.